The show must go on. Oh. <laughs> That's what you were going to say? I thought you had something that, different to say. What I meant to say was, okay, here we go. Oh, I didn't even realize. Man, I told you, I am stoned. Well, welcome back, everybody. Uh, I just played a little prank on D-Lo. Uh, but anyway, uh, you are tuning in again to High Expectations, where the only thing higher than the expectations is clearly It's us. us. It's for sure us. Especially today. Uh, we are a movie review podcast through the lens of smoking weed, essentially, if I had to put it in a in one sentence. Uh, one sentence so, only. So we do two movies every week uh, from categories that uh, we come up with, or, you know, obviously we encourage audience uh, participation as well with categories, but then we rate the movies. We have a rating system that consists of rating the movie's quotability, rewatchability, uh, popularity, which is a score we pull from Rotten Tomatoes, uh, and then uh, last but certainly not least, uh, the smokeability, uh, yep. because you know that is on theme with us for this podcast. So uh, our hope is that we uh, give you some good movies that maybe you have a Friday night free and you just want to smoke and watch a good movie. Uh, hope we're hoping to. Uh, kind of generate a good list of what what are some good go tos in that moment. So this you co- you come here for that content, people. You're here for that. So yeah. welcome. And uh, and then we also just try to I think learn more about the movies a little bit, but also uh, have a try. are trying to grow the portion of the show about cannabis, and you know we have stuff in the pipeline for that. So. Keep tuning in because we've got some good stuff coming up. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Kaz. Uh, as always, longtime movie lover, longtime pot smoker. With me always for every episode so far hey, 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 is hey. D'Lo. Uh, what is it? The Jungle Cat D'Lo. Jungle Cat? You're a jungle cat. Wow. D'Lo, the I, jungle this, cat. I like this theme of like every every episode I'm something new. This week I'm a jungle cat. I don't know you're, why. You're a chameleon, dude. It's just, you just, you morph. Oof. I like it. Um, Got to keep the people guessing. Yeah. So I, I think what I've realized with doing this is actually, I, I'm not sure where we're at in terms of listens. I actually haven't looked at that in a while, but we we're are pushing on, 500. Pushing 500. We are still figuring out I ways think. to. Uh, market the show, um, you know, just to keep you all involved with this or kind of know what we're going through just because this is new for us and we really want it to be audience driven and really get some interaction with you guys. So, you know, I was just been thinking lately about, you know, that's really the one piece we are really trying to push and come up with creative ways to market this show. So yeah. want to get involved with dispensaries, want to get involved with, uh, you know, groups that have a customer base that's maybe cannabis oriented, movie oriented, things like that. So obviously if any of you who listen to the show have any ideas or have any connections, please let us know. Cause that's, you know, kind of what we're trying to do uh, eventually with this show uh, and take it, take it even further. So yeah, man, Let's 
keep the good times going. And I think let got, the good times roll. We've got the talent. We can we do. do. Uh, we have a fun category this week. Uh, I'm excited for this. One. It's definitely on uh, theme with the way things are going right now. So uh, sadly, you know, summer is ending. Summer's such a, a great time, but it's, uh, you know, RIP summer, RIP summer. Uh, I know that everyone's looking forward to the fall and whatnot, but we all know that, you know, summer just is full of energy, full of adventures, all that. And when it comes to an end, it's definitely, you know, it, it can get emotional. Sometimes. It can get emotional. It's bittersweet. Um, it's bittersweet. Because- exactly. Like you said, people love the fall. I'm I am one of those people. I love the fall. I do too, um, for sure. It's my kind of weather. It's my it's my season. I love fall. But I do I mean summer comes with a lot of nostalgia. Uh yeah. it's just especially out here, summer you get days that almost Long never end. Yeah. It's light until ten o'clock at night, which is insane. Um so it's sad. I'm always sad to see summer go, but by the end of the summer, I'm usually like, okay, all right, I could let's use move a change. On. Yeah. So are you? Do you feel like you're one of those people that is, you know, if you were to, wherever you end up living as your forever spot, wherever that may be, are you somebody that wants to be somewhere? Oh, I'm a all seasons, four seasons guy. Yeah, yeah. You I want think, all four. Yeah, I like to experience all of them. Maybe a less harsh winter, which I think is what's nice about out here. Less, um, yeah. I would like a, a more intense fall. I think that's what I've realized. That I think is the, that's the, um, almost you, the give, you know, there's give and take yeah. being yeah. out here. You don't have as brutal of winters. It's not as, you know, it's not as, um, cold humid summers it, and it's not as humid cold summers and snowy. Either. It's not as humid, but you have like the gray winters, like there's give and take there. But, um, you do lose that like long fall with like all the changes because it, it's called the, you know, Emerald city. It's the evergreen state for a yeah, reason. It stays green for it a while. It stays green so, for a long yeah. time. And even like the green kind of dulls, but it's, it's there, man. It's pretty wild. Yeah. yeah. So you, you miss, I miss like some of the East coast, like big fall foliage days. You know what I mean? Agreed. When it's just like yeah. smack in the middle and you're driving through like a small town and, all the leaves are bright are fallen. Red and orange. Yeah. yeah. Oh God. It's yeah. I something agree with about you. that. Yeah. But that's not what this episode's about. This episode's about summer. God damn it. Right. We are paying an homage to summer and we went with the category. It's, it's really just, uh, you know, a category. What movie is, makes you think of summer, right? Instantly so makes you think of summer. So, uh, we had some interesting picks this week. Uh, one is kind of, one of your classics, right? I think everybody nostalgically remembers this oh, movie. God, yeah. And then another one, which was kind of a, I don't know how you would describe it. It, it definitely was a unique take and a unique. Uh, it's it was a cult a unique, classic. It's a cult classic, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I would put it in that category. It's a cult classic, uh, which I actually do love. And I think. You know, we can talk about why it makes me think of summer, but I chose <laughs> Wet Hot American Summer. McKinley, 
four lower campers are stuck in the ropes course. I meant to tell you about that yesterday, but could you get to it now? With Paul Rudd, one of our favorite actors. Um, great, honestly, great cast for this movie just in general. A lot of insane cast. Yeah, a lot of good comedians. I This movie makes me think of Summer. Well, one, because, I mean, I used to work at a summer camp, right? Did you? So... You know, that's actually how Dilo and I met. We we met at working at a summer camp, uh, <laughs> summer day camp, which, you know, my my thing is, I always regret not being a counselor at like a sleepaway sleep camp. Away like because this. I thought this movie did really did a good job showing how fun it was. And whereas. Oh, other, yeah. Other, I can't wait to get into that movie well, for a other, lot of reasons. Other movies made it seem more like you're like a prefect at a school where you have to be strict and stuff like that. But this movie was just like, you know, this was people, you know, teenagers enjoying their summer, but just basically oh, yeah. telling little yep. kids like, oh, hey, yeah, don't kill each other. So um, this movie really makes me think of summer because camp and a lot of great summers we had working at camp and then i you know i went to camp uh, as a kid too and you know great summers through that so i that's why i picked that and then you obviously went with more of a childhood classic <laughs> yeah man this i mean oh this is another one i think this is going to be a really good episode because what hot american summer we have a lot of it's a good movie and there's some really fun things to talk about within the movie but we have a lot to chat about just about camp life and that um and just real quick on that we had someone reach out on spotify saying we should do summer movies or like camp based movies so shout out to that person i'm not 100 percent sure who it is because the username was weird but i have some guesses so if it was you reach out um because this move this category is partially inspired by you so we're definitely excited to chat about <laughs> The, the camp life and what hot American summer for me, when I think summer movies though, yeah. there's, there's one, there's one that instantly, no matter when it pops Ooh, into nah. my mind. And that is the Sandlot. Hey guys, sorry, Mike. My mom made me put on my jacket and then she made me do the dishes. <laughs> Hey, you want some more? Some more what? No, no, you want a s'more. I haven't had anything yet. So how can I have some more of nothing? Shut up! You're killing me, Smalls. The Sand Lot. Dude, it's just, it's a quintessential summer movie. Like, it yeah. could be watched. Kobe Bryant used to watch this movie every fourth of july weekend with his family it's like that classic of a summer movie you know i mean again so like good. kind of a movie that portrayed what you would want in an ideal summer which was just hey you and the local neighborhood kids are just playing yeah, ball dude. every day Ugh. you have no responsibility you're just playing baseball and it's no all you day. were just like literally and i have a note to speak on this but Literally just like shouting on your way out the door, like, hey, I'm going down to the park or I'm going to yeah. hey, so-and-so's go house. I'll see you when the street lights come on. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. that was it. That was summer. And then you were basically out all day. All it was day. nuts. Sweating, 
just uh, miss those grinding it with your yeah. friends. Oh, miss those come times, on, man. man. So so good. But we'll get into it more uh, in terms of what we smoked this week. I actually went back to. I wanted to try a cartridge again, so I went Ooh. back to a uh, a brand that I really like, Buddies. I feel like it's always been well. It's super well priced. Uh, I got just a straight up hybrid. It wasn't necessarily a indica or sativa. It was just nice. kind of your run of the mill hybrid called Mac. Uh, and God, Simple. every, every, I know every time I get oils, I just remember how dangerous they could be in terms of like, they're just so easy to smoke. Right. Oh, especially you just rip you're, them. you're just like sitting there, especially with us watching these movies. It's just like, I could take yeah, so dude. many rips and it's just, you kind of just sink into it. So, but again, it's super convenient. It's, it's just, I really just love, I've always loved the convenience of the pen, mm-hmm. which, and it's, it's nice to switch over to it after a while of doing, you know, the flower. I think it's nice to switch over to the pen because it's like a little bit different high too. Yeah. So. It switches it up. You can almost control it a little more, which I think is interesting. Um, I actually, you, something about just to, just to talk about the, um, carts for a second because I actually talked to a bud tender recently about a cart that I bought because I have been steering clear of ceramic carts because I tend to burn the oil with them because yeah. they just like don't insulate the the oil as well I guess for whatever reason so I asked the bud tender and I was like you know how how do I avoid that right and he was basically like well a lot of places don't tell you exactly how you're supposed to take hits from these pens. Like you just kind of get the oil, get the battery. Like when we were first getting oils, there were, it came with no instructions. You weren't going to the store None whatsoever. Like, yeah. Right. Um, Cause it was like an underground thing for a while. Yeah, like for was, a while. Yeah. 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 Now it's just getting in the way oil. easier but, to get them now. Yeah. Yeah. So he was, he basically told me that you have to put it on the lowest heat setting because they're not supposed to be burned at like high heats and you're not supposed to take like big, like blinker rips. You're just supposed to just kind of take like little mini hits, almost like you would like hit like a cigarette. You know what I mean? Oh, I agree. And I I think that's like what I've noticed. I think the older generation that smoked versus our generation, I, I think the, the one thing I've noticed that they've always said about our generation is we get stoned. Like we, yeah. we smoke to get stoned. Whereas they were like, kind of just like taking a couple hits getting and buzzed. just yeah. getting a little buzz going, which I, you know, I do from time to time. It kind of depends on the setting, right? When you're home, I think you're just more prone to, to just sinking get a little, into it. Get a little yeah. stony baloney. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. But I love a good smoke session outside where you just take a couple hits and you're just a little high or, or you're in like a nice circle where you're just like passing, yeah, like you're sharing exactly. a joint, you're sharing a small blunt, you're just passing it around, you know, like yeah. then you're just keep, everyone's keeping kind of a tight buzz. Love those moments. But like you said, when you're home, you just kind of want to enjoy and get into a it. little. And so what did, what you, did you indulge into this? So on the flip around. side of, of your very simple strain of you said Mac, right? Just the Mac. Just the the Mac. Almost almost the Max from Saved by the Bell. Um I went with a longer strain. I visited our friends at Have a Heart uh in Greenwood and 
I've been sticking with kind of like what I used to do when I find a a brand that I like and and just go with it. I've been you just sticking run with through it. Plaid jacket. Yeah. Um and I went with a heavy indica this time. I just wanted to kind of settle into my couch and be absorbed by these movies. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> so I went with Ethiopian Sky Cuddler Kush. Oh hell yeah. I yeah. love I love the names. I feel like it, yeah. that would be like if I could choose if there was a a bud tender job where it was just naming them. I would just, just <laughs> I mean, someone's job is to name them. You, somebody, right. It's some like marketing person. That's like just coming up with all these creative names that it, that they probably just come up with high as hell. So, yeah. So awesome. So we got some good buds on board. Oh, for I guess this I week. should talk about it not just tell you the name. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, how did it hit? How was it? <laughs> did you enjoy it? It was good. It, it like I said, it made me become part of the couch. I was couch, as uh, Dina says. Um, I know she. That happens to her. Oh, edibles, man. That's get the edibles get me to that point. I can't do it yeah. off of like smoking, but edibles. This was like me. this was a heavy hitter, though. This was a this was a big one. Um, it was real. I mean, it was tasty, and it made me kind of sleepy, which I'll talk about on the smokeability scores of one of these movies. Um. But it it was it was nice. It was kind of you know earthy, like kind of tasted like dirt a little, which I know may sound gross, but I like the earthy flavor a lot when I'm smoking buds. Dude loves uh, the earth. <laughs> loves smoking and earth. It was not like a nice purple color. It was like a, it was really oh, cool. I love a good colorful bud, man. Yeah, like, I find myself being mes- like that's kind of I think what ends up drawing me to a bud is when I look through the display cases. And I guess can really take a good look at the bud. I feel like that's what's always going to draw me. So I yeah, well that's yeah. I think that's what some dispensaries out here do really well is almost like like a car salesman. They really show off the product. Yeah, like hey, look at what I got, you know. And it, it worked because a big part of why I chose this this bud was because of the color and the name. It was a beaut. It was a beaut. Yeah. Uh, all right. So good buds for this week. Let's, uh, let's get into these movies. Let's see what we ended up with. Cause I, you know, I honestly, first impressions of these movies were like, I didn't think they would be champions. I don't think, but I do think they might, they might do pretty well, uh, and be slightly consistent, but let's start with wet, hot American summer since that's, I think last week we did yours first. So we'll do mine first this time. Uh, but for those of you who haven't seen this movie, Dilo, what, what is it that, what is it, what is the, uh, consensus synopsis, so to speak of this movie? Cause I actually, I know for some of these I've read like different ones, but I know you're kind of pulling the most legit one. So what is, what is wet, hot American summer for the fans? Here you go. Set on the last day of camp in the hot summer of 1981, Wet Hot American Summer follows a group of counselors who are each trying to complete their unfinished business before their day ends. The entire summer of pent-up sexual frustrations, unresolved post-traumatic stress, pending separations, and of course, the talent show, all weigh heavily on the minds and groins of counselors and campers alike. Dude, I... Do you, 
do you remember our last days of camp? Like how yeah. nuts they were? Cause like this movie really did a good job just showing how much goes down in like a 48 hour time window. Yeah. And I just remember our summers, just those last couple days were just filled with so much it was shit. Chaos. Like we, you know, this movie talked about having a talent show. We had yeah. like award ceremonies and shit yeah. like that. Ugh. Olympic type celebrations. And then the last day was always just like hustled, getting people out, then cleaning, breaking down the freaking campsite. Oh, breakdown you know, is the again. Worst. You and I did a day camp, which I honestly think you and I would love working at a sleepaway camp. Like, oh, for I, sure, I would love I, to try it. I feel would like I'd love to have or whatever. Well, is that something that can't be done now? Uh, as as I mean, a grown man, I'm not gonna go work at a sleepaway camp. Oh, dude, but it would be like I just feel, find that all these summer camps that are sleepaway camps just have are in the best settings, like super beautiful places. So, yeah. I, I mean, out, yeah, out in the Pacific Northwest, there's probably cool ass sleepaway camps. So just keep that in mind, dude. Could always do that for like a summer gig someday. But yeah. anyway, um, anyway, yeah, I thought this movie did a really good job kind of showing the closeout to the summer and just like this, the camp life. I know it wasn't sleepaway camp that we worked at, but the camp life in general, the day-to-day stuff, a lot of it's really looking back. And I made a lot of notes about this, just looking back on it as like a former counselor, former, like almost direct. I mean, I guess I was a director at one point, but like, it, it's just, it. it's a very different lens now. And it's I know. really fucking funny. <laughs> but it's, and it's like, it was ear, like, not eerily similar, but like, th- like, the, the way they would interact with the kids oh, that yeah. you know they knew better than others, right? Like, yep. so we would act the same way with kids that we had for like five or six years versus, yep. you know, a new kid or a kid that was maybe a little awkward. You know, all that kind of stuff was just the behind the scenes hookups and, and shit like that. Oh, yeah. Know? Like the camp, the camp relationships. Camp the, relationships, like, dude. Sneaking around partying like both at camp and outside of the campgrounds. It is. It's so, it's so funny. This is, if you have ever worked at a summer camp in any capacity, please watch this movie at least once yeah, in your life. It's, because it's a really fun it movie. is really funny to watch from uh, that. It, it does a great job giving you the rundown on what it's like to work at a camp for sure. Mm-hmm. All the, the roller coaster ride that it is. Um, <laughs> so, all right, let's let's rate this bad boy. Let's let's see how we did. Let's I'm sure we're I'm it. sure we're gonna differ a little bit. Although I tried to be grounded on this one. So quotability, first category. Uh you know, for this one, I really enjoyed and remembered the scenes with the chef Gene and the freaking mm-hmm. vegetable can. Fucking slop for the grunts and ham was easier than this. We had no place being over there. It was a war we couldn't win, Gene. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna go smear some mud on my ass. What? I said I hear my buds in class. I gotta go and tell my buds, see how his grades are. I gotta go. Go away! Leave me alone! Gene, now hold on. Look, I don't care what you do in your private time, but don't lie about it. I mean, you clearly said smear mud on my ass. 
And I'll tell you something. If you want to smear mud on your ass, smear mud on your ass. Just be honest about it. His interactions with that can definitely stuck out to me. Uh, and when he's like, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to go back in the, what did he say about his sweater? I forget like all those one liners that oh, he would yeah. accuse, he would get accused of. And then, uh, or he's like, oh, if you want to, if you want to smear mud on your ass, smear mud on your ass, like, just do it, dude. <laughs> yeah. like, the can of vegetable is basically his, uh, therapist throughout this movie. This so Jimmy Cricket. Exactly. So I thought that that was a super, most of those scenes I remembered really well, super quotable. Um, and then now, now finish them taters. I'm going to go fondle my sweaters. Yeah, exactly. That's it. That's the line. <laughs> finish them taters. I'm gonna go fondle my sweaters. And then he's like denying his, like, oh, I didn't say anything. Yeah. Oh, so good. Um, so this movie, no music though. So I thought that, you know, that's always helps in, this category specifically when we do it uh and then you know what else kind of uh was a sad realization in this movie i thought paul rudd's character had like the least amount of quotable lines that i would yeah i mean he's got memorable scenes because he's so useless in this which is so funny because again thinking about like there are people that are just fucking useless that work at camps oh my god people leave their kids with them overnight or all day or whatever it's crazy to think about oh my god it's i don't scary. know if i'll ever send a kid to camp if i have kids i don't know if i've ever sent them to camp oh i definitely um, am gonna i'm gonna try yeah oh well I've, i think they should i think you should experience it i think it's fun but I'm I think thinking about some of the people in this movie who i'm sure are based on some reality and to some extent a reality we know oh yeah um, we it's know this scary life. to think about. <laughs> yeah, we know we know this life, and it's the same thing. Like, I work. I used to work at a hospital, and just like really seeing what goes on behind the scenes, where it's like, you know, you you think doctors know everything, and you're just like, wait a minute, they don't know some. Like, it's just right. So scare. It's also very scary when you know the intimate side of it, which obviously we do with right uh, camp. So right, but Good way to anyway. Be. For quotability, I thought that this movie did have very memorable scenes, and I did remember a, a decent amount of lines. Like again, the the scenes with uh, Gene and the can of vegetables, but I tried to not go too too far because I still thought it, it wasn't the most quotable. But I gave it a six in terms of quotability. Okay, I I think you're overestimating where I'm going on this because when we originally talked about these movies, I remembered this far as a far more quotable movie, but I also remember watching this quite a while ago. So I watched it a long time ago. And I mean, what is it? It's 2001. 2001. It came out. Yeah. So like, you know, I was super young, but also I just, I, I, again, like, I guess maybe it it just didn't have the one liners. Maybe it was more, it didn't feel like it to me. Yeah, but again, but I, I mean, that's not to say there aren't one-liners like the whole uh, douche douchebags are hygienic products. I take that as a compliment. <laughs> right, right, right. Kid, you that know. kid's funny as hell. Or like the Janine... kid who's like the radio host. Yeah, you know, just like yeah. remembering his rants. So yeah, or even just like silly things like after they go on that like 
out of camp excursion for a couple for an hour or whatever and they go through that whole insane storyline of like ending up like drug addicts in like you know like a crack house or something yeah and then they get back to the camp and they're like hey guys i was water the oh it was really fun it's always fun to get away from camp even for an hour <laughs> hey katie even for an hour and you're like what the fuck just like it just it's those kind of moments that kind of kick in and you're like uh i like sometimes you forget it's that kind of like satirical movie and then something like that happens or the kid drowns and nothing no one responds you know like those kind of things but it it's quotable it's memorable it's not something that i quote so i didn't go nearly as high I mean, okay. I remember specific scenes like Paul Rudd and Elizabeth Banks kissing as the kids drowning is like a famous. There's a lot of famous scenes from this. Yeah, huge names. Um, Janine Gar- Garofalo is hilarious. Exactly. Yeah, Bradley Cooper. I, you've got a lot I don't of big names. Personally, actors. find it that quotable. I went with four point four. Okay, so I mean, still kind of in that middle range, like. Yeah. tier right like four to six you just think it's on the lower end of that tier yeah um so i mean again i think you know i would say a five like kind of meet in the middle but it would actually be slightly closer towards yours but i mean i think a five makes sense for this and just referencing some other movies like uh steel magnolias is a 5.4 and i would say you know this movie is probably exact like right underneath that uh, I mean, yeah. There's a lot of people that would argue this is much way more quotable than Steel Magnolias. You think? Probably. Well, like you said, this is kind of a cult classic, so it probably does have a lot of people like a a hardcore following of some people. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, so then, what do you think? Late. So we, what do you think on that? Then we don't have to use that six. I gave it a six, and we don't have to use. You know, just because Steel Magnolia has got a score, we don't have to like follow that necessarily that logic. But I was just, you know, giving the frame of reference of where we've put things. So I I don't necessarily know that Wet Hot American Summer is more quotable than Steel Magnolias, in my opinion. Okay, I would uh, say uh, let's go the five. Then I think that's fair because like even Part thinking five. back on it and like looking at my notes, yeah. And I, this is, and we're going to talk about this a little more with uh, smokeability, but I kind of was losing interest at parts. I would say I was in, it, it was longer than I thought it needed to be, or actually I didn't really even <laughs> it's track It's only like an hour and a half. It's yeah, an hour and I just felt like it, it lo- loses steam in the middle, but the beginning and end is very good. I agree. I agree. There's definitely, so, like, I. that's exactly it. It definitely loses steam. All right, so we'll go with a with a hard five. Um, all right, so let's lock that in. Rewatchability. This was a another one where I was kind of like, okay, I definitely do like the movie, uh, and it definitely plays on some strings, like we were saying, of nostalgia, reminding me of camp days. It is a movie that kind of reminds me of summertime and the good times of summer. So all that, yeah. Uh, you know, again, I think some of the movie is so satirical that you you definitely can't watch it 
too close between, right? Because it's just like <laughs> you it loses some of that like, oh shit, I forgot he Yeah, exactly. Right. Throws like, the witness out of a van as he's driving away. Once once you, know. you kind of have once you can anticipate all that happening, then it just it kind of loses its effect. So uh I gave it a four in terms of rewatchability because I just don't think I would watch it that often, but that doesn't mean I don't like it when I watch it because when I do watch it, which has been again very far between, yeah. uh, I do enjoy it. So this, uh, yeah, I I agree. I think this is. Uh, I'm trying to think of the right way to put this because it's not to say that I don't enjoy this movie. And again, I feel like I'm a broken record with that. Sometimes I do. I think it's a funny movie. I don't think it's a movie that I need to watch a lot of. I think the next time I watched this, I would probably be stoned and it would probably be with a group of people that I worked with that camp. Oh, hell and yeah. just right. so you could be like, Oh dude, remember like dude. this story or like when you, hooked up with that person or you know what I mean? Like yeah. just talking about the camp romances, talking about those very specific parties and like, you know, just the people that you worked with. It's the camp world is a wild, wild world. It's such a weird little like microcosm. So I think having that experience and, and watching it again with those people would be a lot of fun, but it's not something I'm going to throw on again anytime soon. So I, w- I was really close with you. I said 4.1. Okay, fair enough. So I say we'll keep, let's just, uh, we'll just keep it a four. I feel like that's, you know, unless you feel strongly, it should get that 4.1. No, uh, I, it, no. But I don't again, feel and strongly about that. this is always what's tough with these categories because, Again, these don't necessarily reflect how good the movie is at the time of watching. So, again, I feel like this is a movie where, let's say you're high and you haven't seen this movie. I think this is actually a good, like, high, if it's your first time seeing it, movie, to be honest. Like, I think this is a good one to throw on. So, Mm -hmm. just because, like we said, it kind of gives that unique take on... Uh, maybe a world you're familiar with or maybe you're not but you can definitely relate to those like summer jobs that we all used to have oh, yeah. and it was like especially you took it half like seriously. teenagers like thinking oh, yeah. back on like your teenage jobs this is a movie that will make you do that especially if you're stoned did you so what was your best like summer job teenage job like what was your favorite would you say because i mean we were working at I camp mean, we were working at camp, not in our teens for the most part. No, <laughs> our camp was weird. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know that I had. Like you didn't work worked, at like an ice cream parlor or something. I like worked that. at a, I, I worked at a different summer camp. I worked as like a counselor after, at an after school thing. I've been in that camp life for a, for long, a long time. time. Man. I did work like, I mean, I've done summers in pizza shops well so you've done it all very limited amount of time um i've done you know hard labor like public works jobs which was it was that was a an insane summer it was hard as fuck yeah but the hours were great and good money i had a good money and i had a good time yeah that was like when I first worked for Got Junk, I was like, okay, this is actually pretty damn good money for, and the hard labor, you get used to it after a while and it feels good, yeah. honestly. Yeah. So, um, what about you? 
I would say, I mean, obviously, you know my feelings about the summer camp job. That was like, I was trying to make that my career for the longest time somehow. <laughs> I would like quit jobs you to come back to work camp. at summer camp. Um, I honestly just did landscaping jobs when I was younger. And that was yeah. kind of, I enjoyed that. Like, kind of kept me preoccupied. You just throw, I would just like throw in some music and just do manual labor and just let the day go. And then you kind of just felt great at the end of the day because if you, you didn't need to be active because you were just like killed yourself all day in the heat. So, right. Um, but anyway, we will lock in Wet Hot American Summer, the rewatchability score with a four. So again, kind of middle of the road right now. Uh, but the popularity score is kind of it's going to save it because the audience I mean. gave it's it a, a 75% classic. on Rotten Tomatoes, which is, uh, and it's a huge swing from its uh, critic review, which is 38%. So clearly there's a different yeah, I mean, tier and different perspective here, but there's a, there's a cult following to the point of the fact that there was a revival, like recent, like a recent revival of this, or like it's like a prequel series or whatever where they all oh, right. come yeah. back as younger versions of Oh, himself. and I I think I watched it and it was not I did not like it. It's just it's it's bonkers. And I think it's it's they try to do a lot of the same humor which doesn't necessarily work as well nowadays. It doesn't. Um, no. Cuz and nobody like, can relate to it like they used to. You know, this is also a movie that had to be. I mean, I know for a fact, I'm pretty like, I'm almost positive. I said, I know for a fact, and then went back on that almost immediately. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure this is Bradley's Bradley Cooper's film debut, like his first feature film movie. So that's pretty wild. And the cast, if you're talking about a, a bonkers cast, this has it. And I think this is dude kind of like a, a thing that a lot of people lean on as they're like, their movie that kind of got them started. Paul Rudd, uh, Christopher Maloney as Gene. Yeah. Um, yeah. M- Molly fucking Shannon, dude, as yep. that, that woman just breaking down to her counselor or her and campers just, and the campers using them. being her therapist pretty yeah, much. Use, dude. And you know, what's crazy is I was dying because there are counselors like that. There are, you know, there are counselors that did that. Oh, that a thousand percent. Yeah. Right. Like they <laughs> just, would definitely ask for like dating advice from like six year olds. Yeah. Or just, yeah. Or like, Oh my God, it was so bonkers. Cause you're just stuck. Um, with, you're just not stuck, but you're like, you're with ki- these kids for hours, man. Like that's why camp, whether you worked there or went there camp friendships, you formed like a pretty sweet bond because yeah. you were with each other for so many hours in like kind so of a many stressful hours. situation. And just like packed in all the time, all day, yeah. all summer. It, that's what I mean. It's just like its own little world. It's, it's its own thing, man. And then you just like, dude, thinking back on summers, I we would just like basically stop talking to other friends and just focus on summer camp. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah, it was all like the people you were no hanging out friends, with. No new friends camp. summer. Always. <laughs> yeah. The people you were hanging out were from camp. You were like you were at camp all the time you were going out to Making bars plans. like partying oh dude exactly. it was good times uh, though a good decade nostalgia. a good yeah a good <laughs> decade of work um Too much. all right so since the rotten tomatoes audience score is 75 percent, that will go in as a 7.5 on our scale so really good score for that 
And now it's time for the he- most heavily weighted category, smokeability. Uh, yeah. Why don't you go first on this one? Because I'm interested to see what you said. Because I, I, I mean, I had mixed feelings about it, but ultimately I had to make a choice. But Well, like I said, I think um, my choice of Budski definitely had an effect and not necessarily a positive one, I think, yeah. in this instance, because it was such a heavy indica, which is interesting in retrospect thinking on, I watched this before I watched The Sandlot, and I actually, well, I, we'll talk about The Sandlot smokeability score, but I had different feelings. Um, they were different. They were different. Um, so as much as I did enjoy it and there were times and points where it like made me super nostalgic and just kind of like daydream. And maybe it was the weed that was making me do this was just making me lose my thoughts and just thinking about our camp life and that kind of stuff. I just kind of was losing interest at points. Yeah. And like you said, I think it was that mid, like there's like the second, I think they lose you in the middle. Where, yeah. Yeah. I think they just it, lose you in the middle. They there's really like, do. yeah. I mean, it's I just, think they, they go to, the relationship with the director and the science teacher. I think they go to that like too much in the middle and yeah, they yeah. lose some of the other storylines that I thought were a little bit funnier. So, and that, yeah. And then like force storylines a little in the second act, like with, I mean, they kind of build the whole relationship thing up between, um, what, what are those, the actors name, uh, Marguerite Moreau and, no, uh, well, me, Michael Ian Black and Bradley Cooper's relationship is right. awesome in this. Yeah, um, and then they come in at the end with the wedding gift. It's so good. Um, A chaise lounge. Bradley Cooper is on record saying that Michael Ian Black is his best on-screen kiss. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> He's great, awesome. dude. Bradley Cooper um, is great. But the the relationship build up between Coop and Katie is kind of there. Like, obviously, Coop has a thing for. And like they developed that, but then they just kind of force it all. It, like I agree. I feel like they could have used. I don't know. This is me becoming too nitpicky about a movie, but I just feel like the pacing You're a was weird. You're I a guess, critic. yeah. Pacing was weird, and that like we keep saying, I lost interest big time in the middle. So my smokeability was only a five point one because Ooh. I I did I I laughed a lot, but I lost interest. Yeah. Well, I'm like dead on as uh what's her face would say in my cousin Vinny, we are dead on balls accurate <laughs> i gave it a five oh, uh, marissa tomei yeah i you gave it a five f- i gave it a five because again it was it was like you it's said it, tune, it was a funny movie clearly but the it was really like the beginning i think is the best part right oh yeah because i think you start to like they do different shots of the camp and at least probably for you and me we're just like kind of remembering that life right off the bat so it's getting getting the hamster wheel going uh but then yeah the middle part they kind of lose me for a while and you i kind of which is crazy because it's not a very long movie but it somehow feels long but then once they get back towards the talent show and all that stuff you get back into it so they close it out nicely but uh, I kind of just thought it was middle of the road. Like it was, it was a fun movie to watch high, but um, I probably would suggest getting stoned for this one. Uh, but it was, yeah, if you're going to get stoned, kind of, if you're going to watch it, get stoned. <laughs> a great way for us to say it is it's but, probably like your average stoner movie. Like it, it would be, it's just like average, like it's good. It's funny, but there's, you know, there's better and there's worse. 
You yeah. know what I mean? So, yeah. uh, all right, we'll give that a hard five for smokeability, which rounds out its score at 5.3. So just slightly above, you know, middle of the road, uh, it beats out steel magnolias. So again, you know, our ratings kind of just show these movies in a different light, you know? So I'm just looking at the, I'm just looking at the IMDB here and I'm just now realizing, and I don't know that I've ever realized this. The guy that plays Coop, Michael Showalter is also a writer of this. I did not know that. He's a co-writer with the director. I mean, dude, this is what you said. Like a lot of people had, I think had a hand in this and this was kind of like a real like starter for a lot of people. Yeah. And I mean, they even, the director, uh, David Wayne goes on and he will direct a lot of these people again, uh, in one of, again, our, our golden boy, Paul Rudd, one of my fucking all time favorite movies. I would want to direct Paul Rudd. Yeah. And, and Wanderlust, dude. This guy loves Paul Rudd. Um, who doesn't? Who doesn't? We, we love him probably too much. So, Damn, he's got a list. Uh, so Wet Hot American Summer, 5.3, respectable, respectable score. Um, and like I said, I, I would probably lean towards the getting stoned for this movie. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, still good movie to watch. All right. Let's flip it over to Sandlot, the quintessential summer movie. The one that really makes you want to be a kid again in those hot summer days, whether it was humid or not, you were willing to go through it for a great summer playing ball. This made me, this made me want to be a kid in summertime again, so badly watching this. Oh God, I fucking love this badly. Uh, Obviously it's about kids during the summer, but uh, Dila, what is really the movie about, you know, not just kids during the summer, but what else is going on in this flick? I gotcha. I gotcha. Kids in summer. That's it. Uh, this movie is all it says on here is kids in summer. Oh, all right. Well, oh, wow. so that kind of sums it up for this movie. <laughs> uh, just kids in summer. <laughs> uh, all right. Movie info. When Scotty Smalls moves to a new neighborhood, he manages to make friends with a group of kids who play baseball at the Sandlot. Together, They go on a series of funny and touching adventures. The boys run into trouble when Smalls borrows a ball from his stepdad that gets hit over a fence. And you know what? Like, I think what made this movie so memorable is things like naming the kids like Smalls and shit like that, right? Like Smalls, Squints. Anyway, Scott, that's Timmy and Tommy Timmons. Mike Squints Pelladors. Alan McLennan, we call him Yeah Yeah. Bertram Grover Weeks. Kenny DeNunez. And Hamilton Porter. We call him Ham. Guys, this is Scott Smalls. Hi. Yeah, um, well, he's gonna play with us because he makes nine, so now we got a whole team. Yeah, yeah, those, yeah. Those are some of the most memorable things about this movie, and. Ham, come on, man. The. We're going to get into it. Because... And you know what I love about this is that there wasn't like a ton. They did such a good job not having like too many storylines going on. It's just like these are kids playing ball and they're just trying to get their fucking ball back. That's it. That's it. That's all they're That's trying to do. Literally, they're just pl- trying to fucking play, play baseball, baseball, smooch some pretty ladies, swim a little bit, 
and get their ball back. And just That's get it. their fucking Babe Ruth ball back. Um, all right, so let's get into it then, because I think this this movie's probably going to do pretty well. I'm I'm imagining right off the bat. Let's you let's are into, imagining correctly, sir. Let's get into quotability. So I, you know, this movie is quoted by everybody universally. I would say the, you remember the names. Everybody remembers the scene. Oh, you know, s'more. Oh, I haven't had anything yet, so I can have s'more. Nothing. You're killing me, Smalls. Like so many lines come out of this movie. It's baseball culture. It's got a huge following. I mean, what else can we say, right? Like that's yeah, that's it. You know, it's so good too. It's oh. so uh, in my head, uh, this needed a really good score. Uh, not necessarily on the top end of you know our spectrum, but up there. So I I went with an eight point five in terms of quotability. Okay, interesting. I I think this movie. Super, I know I quote this movie a lot. I know I quote this movie a lot too. Why? Uh, you went, you what did you give it a 10? Don't be giving it no 10s. Yeah, you I gave not. it a 10, dude. No you didn't. Stop that. This nonsense. is the movie I was talking about that I think is more quotable than The Lion King. Oh, Everyone Lord, no way. knows this movie. Every line is quotable, every scene is memorable. Oh, this whole man. thing, start to finish, is oh, one giant me. memory. You're nope, killing me, is... Smalls. You're see, <laughs> that's it, dude. You're quoting it know, but dude, to protest it. I can. That's how quotable it is. I know, but like, you can legit like people around the world can remember all the songs from Lion people King. People around the world know the Sandlot. No, dude, it's not the same. Ugh, and and you it. always said, don't always take what other people. I don't know why I'm giving you a Kermit the Frog voice, but. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Don't always take what other people say into account when giving it a score. <laughs> that's my impression. That's, all right. I didn't know I sounded like Kermit, but that's cool. That's exactly what you sound I, like. People tell me that all the time. I get They're what like, you're I didn't saying. realize you were doing this podcast Here, with Kermit. I get I get what you're saying. Totally on the same page. Like I'll come up from eight point five, but I can't I can't supplant the Lion King for Sandlot. I can't. Don't be a goofus. I, Lion I, from the Sandlot. I think that dude, you quoted this in another episode. Pervin that's totally dish, fine. You quoted it in another episode. I'll I'll give you this. I will give you this, and this is as high as Sultan I go. I Swan. will give you nine point eight. I will not give you nine point nine or but I don't think it can beat the Lion King. If, I think if you can. Here's the thing: you can pick any nah, scene dude. from this movie and find find something that's quotable in it. I to think me, the same as Lion King, dude. That's that is insane. I I feel Not, like you can't say that about most movies. Elsa, I, Weenie, dude, the whole. Oh, come on, man. I know. Think about we, this. We have to take a little bit the into account scene, the global the, the global whole, perspective. I'm with you. The dude. whole sleepover scene. I'm with you, dude. But the entire sleepover scene. Is a My grandpa Squigman Palladors was police chief back then. When you ordered Mr. Myrtle to turn his backyard into a fortress and chain up the beast and put him under the house where he could never get out to eat children and stuff. And that's where he's been for 20 years. And that's where he'll be for the rest of his life. Because when Mr. Myrtle asked the cops how long he had to keep the beast chained up like a slave, they said until forever. Forever. Forever.
in terms of the legend quoting. of beast. I know, my man. Nine point eight. I'll give you a she nine point eight. She's doing dude the whole kiss scene with Wendy Peppercorn. That's I don't care what anyone says. That's probably one of the greatest scenes in any. It's movie a great scene of all time. Right, one of the and most you know memorable what, scenes. And you know what movies? You know 10, what other dude. scenes we'd be comparing to the most mem- the the scene you're talking Casablanca. about is one of the best scenes ever. Lion King. You'd be talking about scenes from Lion King. So Casablanca. <laughs> um, probably. Give me. Uh, Geely, dude, you're not going to get me off a nine point eight, dude. I won't even write it in there. Uh, here's my thing. Come on, dude. I came up from an eight point five. The all whole Fourth of July scene. With I get the it. Fireworks and Ray Charles, who this song was the Ray Charles song was recorded after the sixties, so but it was that's kind it, of a flub. But but it still, fits the scene so well. It's amazing. Some would say ten out of ten. Well, I mean, some the whole the whole one, disc one. scene where they're going back and forth, and you play ball like a girl. What'd you say, crap face? I said you shouldn't even be allowed to touch a baseball, except for Rodriguez. You're all an insult to the game. Come on, we'll take you on right here, right now. Come on, you plan a real diamond porter? You ain't good enough to lick the dirt off our cleats. Watch it, jerk. Shut up, idiot. Moron. Scab eater. Butt sniffer. Puss licker. Fart smeller. <laughs> you eat dog crap for breakfast, geek. You mix your weeds with your mama's toe jam. Yeah! You bob for apples in the toilet. And you like it. You play ball like a girl. I agree with you on all these accounts. I just still don't think it would beat out Lion King. I, I'll go 9.8. I feel like that's fair. Present or something from some lady. Baby Ruth? Come on. Oh, this is... Oh, man. You this was give, what I was talking about when when it was the movie that I thought would... You want a 9.9? I'll go with a 9.8. No, I'll go with a 9.8. But I think... I, I stand by this being... A 10. A 10 out of 10 quotable movie. Oh, my Lord. All right. Well, like we said, some of these movies, maybe we watch Sandlot and Lion King in the same category, like the same week or episode, and that will kind of be the deciding factor because we'll get them right next the to Colossus each other. The Colossus of Clout. The Colossus of Clout. Oh, The dude. King of Crash, man. Dude, I'm not the saying King it's not Crash, quotable. Man. Heroes get remembered, but legends never die. One of the greatest quotes ever. Come on. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right. So I imagine this next category is probably going to be okay. pretty friggin' amazing right, well, from yeah. you too. We can uh, talk about this more. I'm going to not stop talking about this movie. Rewatchability for the Sandlot also has to be like a really high score. Yeah. Um, I did think I remembered what we gave Lion King. So like I kind of had that as a frame of reference. Uh, what do we give I, Lion King? Just so I know, eight point eight, and I actually gave uh, Sandlot an eight point eight as well because I thought it was just as rewatchable, or could it might be slightly more rewatchable? I don't know. I'm actually happy that you said that, and I'm not even changing my score or anything. And I wrote it down. I gave it, I gave this an eight point nine because I find it extremely rewatchable. I watch it once a summer at the very least. Yeah. Sometimes more. 
This is a movie I'll put on more than once a year, almost certainly. Um, but it's not a movie I'm going to put in, put on all the time because I think it loses some of its nostalgia if you watch it too frequently. Right. Uh, so I actually went with an 8.9 because I, th- I think it's right in there with the Lion King. I would actually think I would probably put on the Sandlot yeah. for the Lion King. I would King. say so. Yeah. I think um, it's a more rewatchable movie. So I'll give it an 8.9. So I actually, yeah, I think 8.9 is a perfect score for it. I love this movie. It's it, you, you remember it. At least I, I do. I don't know. Maybe I'm just like, this is like my D2 or like my, you know what I mean? Because no, this I remember movie, this movie probably more than D2 for sure. It's just so good, dude. <laughs> yeah, I agree. No, this is, this was like, makes you think the best summers you could ever remember. So just reckless, like you're at that age where it's just like, I can be a little reckless. I can be a little independent, but I'm also still a kid and can be protected kind of deal. Oh yeah. It makes you, yeah. It makes you feel that in a lot of ways, just like great feeling hanging with your buds, just like, you know, you, you know, that group of kids you hung out with, you probably don't even see or know or like are even friends with them on social media anymore. A lot right. of them, I you know what I mean, but like I agree, there was that crew that like that summer just crew that you just rolled with all the time. You know what I mean? Usually, and like this three is or four crew, of you. Man. Yeah, yeah. This is that. This was crew. a big this crew. This is the crew you wanted to be, and this was a big crew. This is a, a big crew. Um, and they invite Smalls in, just like so you can have a full team. So eight point nine, kind of funny because that's like on theme with its Rotten Tomatoes audience score eight. So eighty nine percent. So eight point nine. Oh, is it? I didn't. Our rating. Yeah, which is <laughs> nuts. So it's. I mean, that's that's a really quality score, and its critics' consensus is really well. Like, it may be shamelessly derivative and overly nostalgic, but the Sandlot is nevertheless a genuinely sweet and funny coming of age adventure, and that's exactly what it is. So that's exactly what it is. Um, it, but eighty nine percent is definitely right on par with what it you know, deserves as a score in my yeah, eyes. I think that's no perfect. disagreement from me. Um, um, because, and I think it does like, like it even says in this, even ahead, if you sorry. were to, well, even if you were to go through it with like a kind of like critics eye, it's kind of just like, okay, I would just say great character development, great buildup, great twists, great villain, great friendship, great, great, great yeah, all these things. Just and you're just like, like, what are they looking at? Like, what the hell are they fucking judging this against? You know, it's just, we were and we talked about this on the D two episode, but this is to me this is the cream of the crop of that like misfit gang of kids, yeah, like misfit gang t- sports team overtakes you know the Tigers or whatever in this instance or Iceland in D two or you know any other iteration of that. To me, this is the ultimate. Like this is the best version of it, and I think if you were to line up the critic scores of all those kinds of movies, 64% would be the highest by far. Okay. Fair enough. Cause don't remember D2 was like 20%. Yeah. But these are D2, D2 like, and this movie are in different categories. Maybe Sandlot and Mighty Ducks, the first one are in somewhat the same category. You, but yeah. I guess they could be considered. Yeah. Similar. D, D2 became like, was still good, but became a caricature of itself. We all know that. Um, yeah. All right, so let's... As most sequels do. Exactly. Looking at you, 
Look Secret at, of the ooze. Look at uh, Sandlot Two. Honestly, it was Jesus. like so bad. But I, yeah, I uh, don't consider that an actual film. No, it's not. It was just trying to be great and just it's a fever dream. It's a fever dream, people. Um, all right, let's talk smokeability. Let's talk hey, about the big, the big timer. That this movie kind hey, of. I don't know if this movie fell into the trap of you know. It's it was great. It's a great movie either way, right? Yeah. So like, I don't know how much the weed. Like, it, obviously, the it was a great movie. Like, no matter how I was, the movie was going to be epic. Um, I still gave it a really good score. I just felt like it didn't necessarily enhance it, or I don't know. Maybe it was because kind of the less musically focused the movie was. I guess. Really, don't you that... don't think you don't think it's like musically focused? I don't. I, mean, I don't think it's bit. like musically focused. No, but I'm think just about saying... the songs in the movie. No, 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 I remember them. I'm just wondering if that plays a factor with this score because, like, music when you're high just starts to, you know, you start to get into a groove. And this movie wasn't really about the music, so to speak. I guess is more my thing. But great soundtrack. Okay. Like, I, it was a great soundtrack, though. Don't get me wrong, but. But I still, I mean, uh, yeah, because there's like, I like, I, I'm thinking of that very specific, like, like the like as they're all walking up and down, like, I don't know. There's so many scenes where they're like strutting as a group, and that under and you like yeah, the theme is under the riff. You I remember? Love, yeah, I love that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like an um, organ. It's like an organ or something that that's playing it. But it's I will it's insert a clip of that right now. Fuck yeah. And and then you'll hear that right after. It's so uh, and like, like we were talking about Ray Charles, like I feel like the music is it's great. good. It's I just feel it's really known. It's just not using the music where some other movies I think do use the fair, music. That's fair. It. Like something like Hercules or Exactly. Like, right. Animated like movies specifically. Scene. Yeah. Exactly. But I gave it a 7.8. Wipeout. Oh man. The whole chase scene where Oh shit! And then they they play Wipeout as he's running around. Come on, which is so fitting. But yeah, I get so, so I gave Would it a seven. It? I gave it a seven point eight for smokeability. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's higher than I went actually. Okay. I kind of um, figured it was going to land in this realm somewhere, but yeah. Dude. Again, it's it's it does it did make like especially the insulting scene back and forth. It made that scene a lot. <laughs> I think a lot funnier. So uh, good. Yeah. The it, carnival scene, I think it made it a whole lot funnier. So I mean it yeah, definitely the, enhanced it a little bit, but not on the same level that some other movies are getting from weed, you know. The uh yeah, the dude, it's this is it was enhanced by the weed, but like you said, it's enhanced by the weed because it's an already fantastic movie. You know what yeah, I mean? Like it's awesome. The whole scene where they're trying to get the ball back with the erector set and the, did you have an erector set? Uh, you know, I don't know if or I was did. that. I mean, this was the sixties, so I don't think we had, I did. We had connects. Yeah. Connects. I, I definitely connects. had connects. I definitely and Lego, would, obviously 100% had connects. Yeah. Yeah. Connects were our, our erector set. Yeah. 
Um, but like that whole scene where they're trying to get the the ball back from Hercules and and the dog is just literally terrorizing these kids <laughs> hilariously. Um, the s'mores instruction, like I was saying before, when I was rallying for the quotability, the s'mores instruction scene, the whole sleepover is so good. So I do think it's already good. I think there's some points where it definitely is enhanced by the weed, but I don't think you need to be stoned to, to love watch it. this movie. Yeah. I gave it just a solid seven. Seven. All right. Well then I'm trying to think of where the good play. I'm thinking like a seven. Well, let me reference. Let me see oh, some other movies. The one scene that I laughed fucking, I laughed so hard. Well, obviously I, I laugh at the pool scene every time. But when um, what I don't know I don't know if it's Timmy or Tommy, but one of them's left in the clubhouse when the vacuum explodes. Oh yeah, love and that. And he theme. comes out just and he covered. gives that little like monologue about like how they just like they haven't been thinking right and they need to escalate. We're going like, about this all wrong. Yeah. Oh my god, dude! I fucking lost it. I was dying at that scene. So funny. Oh. So I want to I want to respect that there were really funny parts high, but I also want to respect that it doesn't need to be watched. Straight. I say we land on a seven point four. I think that that kind of splits the difference, puts it kind of in line with where it should be in relation to other movies. And I think, like you said, it's you're gonna love this movie no matter what state you're in. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like even if you end up watching this on the movie night that you're looking for a movie to watch high, it's going to be great. It's just, you know, it's not necessarily going to take it to new heights. Like some of these other ones, which are set up to do so, like we said, with music, visuals, animation, that kind of stuff. So uh, we keep talking about the parallels between this and D D two. We are not talking about the fact that there are, you have Benny the Jet Rodriguez played by uh, Mike Vitar. Yeah. Also, Luis in, in D2. Ducks in D2. And a speedster. Mm-hmm. Guy must be fast as, as fuck. Guy just quick. has built for speed that. Also, cool fun fact. Um, so, Mike Vitar, I think that's how you say his name. Mike Vitar plays, obviously, Benny the Jet Rodriguez. And then his older brother plays the older version of Benny the Jet when he's on the Dodgers and he steals home. Wow. So they're just a family of fast motherfuckers. Fucking speedsters. Stealing home motherfuckers. All right. So that locks <laughs> Sandlot in at an 8.5, which is a really, really you good love score. to see uh, it. Puts it on the level of Wedding Crashers. Again, another great movie, for, especially for stoners or just a, mm-hmm. a moment to watch movies high. So... Very good score. In terms of how high we get for this movie, it could literally be anything. It could be not high, yeah. just stoned, and you're going to love this movie. It's just that yeah, good. And it's going to hit. That's the, what how the score reflects it. So mm-hmm. great, great episode. These were really fun movies. I think these categories are leading us down a really fun road. So we hope all, all of you are enjoying these movie selections, and please give yeah, us more. Them. Yeah, watch them if you haven't seen them, but also if you haven't seen them watch in a while, them. you know, go get some good good buds and get some budskies watch them reach out to us tell us if you agree tell us if you think we're a bunch of dum-dums yeah 
Let us but, know how you're feeling about the scores too. So, uh, Dilo, you got a would you rather for us to close? This I out? do. Okay, let's hit it. I have one, and it. I guess it's more of a summer, summer leaning. It, well, I think it. It's an, it doesn't matter. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Um, would you rather go back and live one more summer in like summer camp prime years or in your childhood prime years? Like, oh. like this age, right? Like 10, 11. Yeah. Or I guess they're probably a little older. Yeah. What are they like? 12, 13 in this, maybe? No, I think you're right on, like 10-ish, 10 to We'll say like 11, 12. Yeah, Yeah, maybe like Benny. Maybe Benny was 13, maybe, but... Yeah, the old, the fun, older kid on the block that's always, like, hanging out with the other guys. Yeah, just, like, nice. Just, like, yeah, nice, and but, like, just Um, the coolest because he was the most athletic. Dude, we had some fun summers, man. I don't know, like... At camp? yeah, Yeah, just, like... Again, different reasons, but, like, it was nice just having, like, all that hangout time during the day. Dude, I think about, Partying. like, working at summer camp. Like, I think about high school sometimes where I'm, like, you were just forced to hang out with some of your best friends for eight hours a day. It, and, like, dude, in yeah. high school, you didn't get paid for it. But at work, we got paid for it. But at our camp, we just hung we out with each other all day. So much fucking fun. Yeah. I feel like I would probably I'm I don't know man but like obviously to be a kid again and just have those like I think of so many different ty- I don't know that's a really tough one this is a really tough would this, you rather Is this the hardest one I've given you yeah, so far <laughs> because they both are just like damn like you don't want to pick either one I'll I'll pick Hell our yeah. summers I'll pay tribute to our summer camp days and say I'll choose I'll choose that when we were working at summer camp cuz those were great summers all those of our friends summers, you know man. Vince who has been on here before? He's yeah, one of them. I, we damn it, we should have talked about that sooner. So but. we'll get him on here to also talk about our our camp summer camp experiences. We'll yeah, I think we again. mentioned it a bit uh, on that. I'm so, I'm not bitter. <laughs> I am not bitter. <laughs> um, what are you thinking? What do you are you leaning towards? Chi- a childhood summer? I don't know, man. I so I've been like weird weirdly nostalgic for and maybe it's since the move like moving out here and all that but like i've been like weirdly nostalgic for that like childhood like night like early 90s vibe summer like you were talking about the humidity did not fucking matter at that age you're outside from sun up to sundown basically you can With recover buds, quick, recover, you quickly. recover quickly. Yeah, I was just gonna say, your body could bounce back from anything at any time. You're and then like if you're lucky, you're going out and playing manhunt late at night with your friends. Yeah, like fuck, that's a good that's a good summer too. That's a real good summer. Pick one, man. This is hard. You can do it. Rip the bandaid off. Do it. Go with your gut. I am going to go with camp summers. Holla! And that good, I, man. They were that good, and obviously, we met at camp. And now we, we met have Vince at camp. 
I met Katie at camp. You met me at camp, so you met Dina. Through that connection. So. And now you all have this podcast. You have this podcast to listen to, so like you guys are benefiting from this camp, too. Full circle. You're welcome. Camp life is the shit. So Camp life. If you're ever looking for a good summer job, give camp a try. God damn, if if, uh, childhood summer isn't fun. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, another great episode of High Expectations, as always. Another GERD episode. Another GERDy episode of High (laughs) Expectations. Again, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We appreciate all the support. Uh, A lot of things go into this, so want to pay tribute to all of them. Uh, Squadcast, that's the platform we use. Great platform for podcasts if you're just starting. Give it a try. Fully remote. It's great. Uh, our friend Vince Sasso and the Vince Sasso Trio Band. Uh, he from is camp. Vince one from of our camp. friends from camp. Uh, wrote the riff, the intro, and the exit riff for God this podcast. Shreds. It's fucking awesome. So, as always, thank you. Uh, Podcastle, which is what Dilo uses to edit the podcast. Again, also really good for beginners and just makes life a whole lot easier if you're editing anything, really, anything with audio. Uh, all the dispensaries out here in Seattle that we love, uh, the Cushery in Lake Forest Park, Have a Heart in Greenwood, Dockside Cannabis in Ballard. Love you guys. Thank you so much for providing us with your uh, top quality uh, flower. Uh, and for those of you listening, if you ever want to get in touch with us, because again, we want category ideas from you, feedback, uh, movie ideas, all the above. So if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at podcast.highexpectations at gmail.com. You Please can reach find out. You can find us on Instagram at high.expectations.pod. Message us there. Give us a follow. Share it. Do whatever. Uh, to all of it. To all of those. Again, always looking for more uh, good content. So, uh, you know, who knows? Mm-hmm. Maybe we can get some connects through you all or through followers and then we'll get some guests on and you know we'll keep growing this so thank you everybody uh grow the show as always be kind and stay weird weird.